Well, I'm I'm glad that you were able to join us for today's podcast. Welcome. Um, Uso, how are you doing? Um, let me see. Did Uso just drop off? I guess he just dropped off. All right. Yeah. Well, Uso will be back. Might have been a technical issue on his on his end. It's completely cool. While we're waiting for Uso, um, triple combo, why don't you tell us what you've been playing this week? Yeah, so I've been playing Borderlands 3. I hopped back into playing Borderlands 3 because uh, my brother wanted to play. And since I beat it way back on the PS4, but now I'm on Xbox and just trying to get through all the get through the campaign with all the characters. And I'll be using Amara. It's the furthest I've gotten so far. Okay. And I went back to playing Resistance too because I was like, I need to finish this game. And been having this internal dilemma where I'm just like, do I want to keep playing this on hard or just put it on normal so I can finally beat it? Because right. some of the engagements in that game, I feel like are just designed to just bullshit you. Like, yeah, I, the the best way I could compare it to is fighting. Imagine fighting the brutes in Halo, or I forget the name the uh, the the worms in the armor that you have to fight. Oh yeah, like, right. Yeah, it was three of them, and they gave me like one rocket with two oh. shots. I was like, what am I supposed to do with this one rocket? Then they gave me a shotgun when the enemies were like 10 yards away. I was like, bro, I can't do anything. Right, right. So, so like difficulty spikes. Yeah, it's yeah, it was bad. So, but I think I'm almost through it, but when I get to resistance 3, I'm just going to put it on normal and right. not have to deal with that. Completely understandable. Uso, welcome back. You were here for 15 seconds and you're out again. <laughs> Completely understandable. I know how it is. Um, well, we were just going over what we were playing this week. So, Uso, what have you been playing this week as far as video games go? Just two games, Diablo 4 and uh, um, Final Fantasy 16. Both excellent games. Having a really good time with both. Nice, nice. Um, have you been having any technical issues at all with Final Fantasy 16? I actually haven't. Um, uh, well, maybe like a few like FPS drops on both settings. Yeah. But other than that, like it's ran perfectly. And so, are you playing Final Fantasy 16 on PS5? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure <laughs> if it was. Um, it probably won't come to PC until later on. I guess it's PS5 exclusive right now, from what I understand. Okay. Yeah, like That's six cool. months or a year. Right. Right. Yeah, I know because PlayStation's kind of hesitant to do the PC day one like Xbox has been doing. But I kind of feel like the writing's on the wall. It may be coming sooner rather than later. Who knows? Yeah, Square's excuse was like that they need a little more time for the PC build, but uh, right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask how long did it take for uh, the remake to come to PC? Like a year or so? Yeah, oh, I mean. Yeah, it took like a, a year, year and a half or something. I kind of feel like they want to capitalize on the console market first and then take it to PC afterwards. Yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, yeah. Square is doing square things, so we are talking about the same company. It's like <laughs> something didn't meet certain sales right, right. figures. Sales yeah. figure, so. I've at been least, playing... At least with this one, yeah. You know, I, I, I've been wanting to play Diablo 4, but I just haven't ever picked it up. You know, I never really got into Diablo, but I hear so many people talking about it, saying it's crazy. <sighs> yeah. my So, weird thing for me, I'm telling my friend that I have Diablo 3 which is funny because I have like three copies of it. I never finished it. I'm telling them like, hey, let me finish Diablo 3 to show my commitment to playing Diablo. Then I might pick up 4. And it's like, no, bro, just get it. Just right. like, I had Diablo 3 for so long. Let me play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I feel the same way. I'm, like whenever a new release in a franchise comes out, I'm like, ah, oh, but I didn't, I didn't finish the last one. I feel like I got to finish it before, you know. 
Nah, yeah. Diablo. This is my first Diablo, so I but, haven't really played the other ones. So, so the lore, like, uh, or later. you didn't have to. There wasn't like any type of learning curve or any of that. No, not really. Um, the lore is like, it's it's kind of like an Elder Scrolls game, just with right. a little more story. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's it's pretty easy to keep up. Like the game tells you what's going on and. Yeah, I think uh, lore-wise, I don't think you have to play them in order. It's just like I said for myself, I'm not even really big into the franchise to begin with, so I'd rather play the other one I bought first. So, But I did play the beta, and I was actually enjoying it, so yeah. So it might be a game that you'll pick up at some point in the future? Yeah, I definitely see myself picking up. Um, The only thing is, is also my friend, I believe they have it to where each season you have to make a new character. Your old right. character yeah. still exists. It's just that they're locked behind the previous season. So now I'm just like, if I hop in late, are you guys going to join me? Or you can, I'm like, well, I got to start a new character. So I don't feel like <laughs> playing no more. <laughs> so, right, right. But yeah. I I mean, I still have my uh, my friend group that I'm playing uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 with. So probably would hop over with them if I ever picked up Diablo 4. So I'd have somebody at least. Nice, nice. You know, I've I've actually been playing more PlayStation than I have Xbox, just because Far Cry Six came to PlayStation Plus. But um, you know, I do go back and I play a lot of Halo Infinite. They have, of course, three four three. You know, they didn't launch it in a good state, but I think it's in a pretty good place now. And so I've been playing a lot of Halo Infinite almost every single day. I'm playing at least four or five rounds. So, you know, and it surprised me because, like, season two, I kind of just dropped off completely, and I was like, you know what, I'm just, I'm not really going to stick around with this. You know, I'm going to give it some time and come back to it, maybe. But with this, uh, I think it's season four right now. It's actually in a really good place, and I'm enjoying the hell out of Halo Infinite. So on Xbox, that's what I've been playing. Like I said, on PlayStation, I've been playing Far Cry 6, but I pre-ordered the gold edition for Xbox, you know, way back when. So I already finished it on Xbox, but it's just that it came to PlayStation Plus. I said, you know what? I might as well get my money's worth. So I'm playing through that again on there, but um, it's great. You know, it's, it's actually, it, it kind of feels like with Far Cry, the, it kind of feels like the more time I take away from a game after it first came out, the more I enjoy it. Cause like when Far Cry 4 came out, I didn't enjoy it that much. But then I go back to it and I, I enjoy it more. Far Cry 5 was the same way. Far Cry 6 was the same way. It feels like when I first play it, when it launches, I don't enjoy it that much. But mm-hmm. then if I go back after like, you know, six months, maybe a year, I actually enjoy it a lot more. Not sure why, but it's, it's just that way. Yeah. Because yeah. like when it comes to live service games, like I play a lot of Destiny. So yeah, early Destiny wasn't that great. But when you come back after they fix a lot of stuff, <laughs> change a lot of things around. Yeah, it's right. like, yeah, much better, but with uh, unless there's some, I know, of course, they have patches in four or in the Far Cry games, but yeah. is it anything like content wise? You're just like maybe a different mindset, and now you're enjoying it. Yeah, I think it's it's because I look at the last game, and so I, you know, I have the expectations of the last game going into this newest game, and it's kind of disappointing because they're different experiences, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's kind of like I'm setting myself up for failure, expecting it to be on the same level that the last one was. But when I'm able to kind of give myself time to get out of that mindset and I go in with that clean slate, it feels like I enjoy the game more, you know? So, um, you know, and it's like I, I mentioned before that Halo Infinite, you know, being open world was kind of like a far cry step. Some people didn't like it, but I think it actually works for the campaign in Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's still a game that I'm enjoying. So, yeah, um, yeah definitely. Are, 
let me see. Um, I know we have topics today. Always have topics, but a lot of times we plow through the topics sometimes, um, and we just pretty much, you know, one, two, three, four. But I want to take some time. We're probably going to hit the uh, most important ones today, and you know, it'll give us some time to just discuss it rather than just trying to rush through them. You know, because when it rush when you rush through topics and you don't get people's opinion on those topics, it kind of defeats the purpose. You know. Um, the first topic I want to get into, uh, Satya Nadella, if it was up to him, he would get rid of exclusives. Let me read the, let me see, I know it's in here. <clears throat> I'm going to read it so that we can, you know, and everyone listening can kind of have an idea, the context that this was set in. Uh, Satya Nadella, he gave evidence on Wednesday during Microsoft's court case against the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, which is seeking to block the acquisition. We all know that. He said, I grew up in a company that always believed that software should run in as many platforms as possible. And that's just the Microsoft I grew up in. I believe in that. Asked if he was aware that Xbox had some games that are exclusive to its consoles. He claimed that this is necessary for Microsoft to compete in the playing field dicta dictated by its more dominant rival, Sony. He goes on to say, if it was up to me, I would love to get rid of the entire sort of exclusives on consoles, but that's not for me to define, especially as a low share player in the console market, that the dominant player there has defined market competition using exclusives. And so that's the world we live in. He added, I have no love for that world. Um, triple, when you hear this statement coming from Satya Nadella, what are your first thoughts about um, his, what he said in regards to the whole, you know, the whole exclusive, I guess, the war, you know, basically between PlayStation's exclusives and Microsoft's exclusives? Uh, so when I first read it, <clears throat> the joking part is like, well, just don't have exclusives. But being realistic about the environment yeah. that they're in, he has a point on, like, yeah, to be competitive you have to play by everyone else's rules or by the yeah well everyone else is going within exclusives have been part of the industry since forever so when you point directly at sony being the ones that's doing it, i was like no it's i mean in context of today sure but i'm just speaking in general it's like it's not sony that really set the rules it's just how gaming has always been so that was kind of interesting but understanding what they're speaking about and the situation who they're going to air quotes going against when it comes to this Activision deal, then of course referencing something makes sense. So, but yeah, like I said, it was, it was kind of in a joking manner when I was like, bro, this is not making excuses, but right, seeing right. the the push for console to PC and what's mobile, I see why there's, they, they're pretty much gone all in in that regards. So it kind of adds credence to what he's speaking about on trying to get rid of exclusives. Yeah. But um no, it's, I mean, it's exactly that. Again, it's, it's just you got to play by the rule books of the industry if you want to be competing with everyone. Nintendo has their exclusive. Stadia was supposed to have their own exclusives. PlayStation, uh, even Epic and Steam are doing, it's like storefronts are doing exclusives. So it's just you got to play by the rules. And could we see a future where they get rid of them entirely? Maybe. We don't know. But I, I know some people are kind of trying to, put this as a way of now we're going to get rid of exclusives or this is going to be a media future but again it's right. just again he's playing by just how the industry works so it's not really a fault for him to continue doing that regardless of how he feels about it personally i understand continuing to do so regardless of how you feel about it yeah. so again you're just doing what you have to do 
Right, right. Uh, you so what did you gather from that? What uh, Nadella said about him not being a fan of exclusives? Did we lose him? Uh, we might have lost him. Hey, Uso, is your mic on, man? He might have muted it on his end. Yeah, he, he had a icon. So I, I, I guess one thing to add on, on a personal note, I guess. Um, oh, no, he, he dropped out again. He might uh, be guess, having tech issues. It's cool. Yeah, since he dropped out earlier. Um, I guess a question more comes down to people asking whether or not exclusives should be a thing in general. And yeah. for me personally, it's like, if I could own one system that played everything, of course, I would go that route because it's less money out of my pocket to buy multiple consoles and platforms. Yeah. So, but like if Microsoft decided to put all their games on PlayStation today, I wouldn't, it would be weird. Sure. But I'm just like, okay, yeah. sure. I can play everything on PlayStation now. That's no biggie to me. So, but right. am I a fan of exclusives myself? Uh, I mean, first party exclusives I've always been fine with. Like if they're actually making them themselves, but when it comes to time exclusivity, I'm kind of not too much of a fan of. So because it's just gonna go to another platform anyway, so why pay to have it for a year? I understand, you know, right. at least there's reasons that they exist. So of course there's a reason why. But me, I'm just kind of like I'm not about to go out and buy a PlayStation to play a game a year early. I just wait for it on Xbox. Granted, try to have all the consoles anyway. So right. yeah. So. Uso, are you good to go? I know you had some tech issues. He's muted now. I don't know if he Hey, Uso, are you good to go, man? If you're not, it's cool. Um, just sort out your tech issues. Um, yeah, I'm triple. To start it. Yeah, I mean, it, it might be tech issues he's trying to work through on his end. It's completely cool. Um, yeah, you know what? Like you said, I mean, going back to um, hell, going back to Nintendo days. Now, exclusives have been really a thing since Nintendo because Nintendo saw what happened before them. In the 70s and 80s, you had Atari that didn't really have control over the games that went on their console. And, of course, those people could make games for other consoles. So Nintendo was extremely controlling over the quality of the games on their consoles. And they wanted also their brand to be associated with certain intellectual properties. Of course, you have Zelda, you have Super Mario. Um, later on, you had, like, Donkey Kong and, I think, Kirby and other just other, um, you know, properties. And at that time, because gaming wasn't necessarily as mainstream then as it is now, I think exclusives just made sense because you want to draw you want to draw people to playing on one console or another. But with today's world, you have people able to play on mobile. You can play Game Pass games on your TV. And there is going to be a point, I think, where exclusives might disappear. But I understand his point because he's not he's not he didn't grow up in the Xbox community necessarily. He is a Microsoft guy. And mm -hmm. of course, Microsoft wants to reach the most amount of customers they possibly can. And the way to do that is to offer those games to more people, whether they have an Xbox, PlayStation or whatever. That's kind of the context that I thought he made this statement and, and it makes sense from his standpoint because he's not seeing it from an Xbox standpoint. He's seeing it from a Microsoft standpoint. And as we all know, Microsoft is running the Xbox show now. Hey, mm -hmm. Uso, welcome back. How's it going? 
Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Um, no, hey, we were talking about uh, Satya Nadella saying, hey, you know what? I'm not a fan of exclusives. If it was up to me, we wouldn't have them. Um, what are your thoughts on that statement? And how do you feel about that mentality? Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people think he's talking about like exclusives in general, like first party and third party. But I think yeah. he's mainly talking about third party exclusives with like first party in mind, you know? Um, yeah. and, um, you know, Microsoft is a software company and their beliefs have always been like put games everywhere. I mean, since the original Xbox, like games were coming out on Xbox and PC. <clears throat> so, you know, like, I don't agree with the mind mindset because, you know, if you don't have exclusive games, what other, what other things can you offer to the table that yeah. will that will make you different from your competitor you know exclusives right. is one of the easiest things to do that separates you from the other people competing in the space so i don't know i mean will we see a day where xbox has no exclusives and microsoft pretty much just becomes like a publisher uh, publishing company probably um i think that's not going to happen for like another 10 years 10 15 yeah. years um, because I think that'll happen when cloud really takes off and they kind of ditch the console space. Yeah, and I think that I think that time is coming when consoles are a thing of the past, especially when you can play games on, you know, when, when you can play games on your TV. But I think there will at least be one more console generation. Maybe not after that, but I think next console generation will be the last one, at least for Xbox. I don't, I can't speak for PlayStation, obviously, or Nintendo, because Nintendo likes to do their own thing. They like to, uh, you know, they're taking a different path, and it's worked out well for them, of course, they're in first place. But I feel like part of the reason why Nintendo is in first place is because they're not trying to get rid of exclusives. They embrace their exclusives, and they're very, um, they're very specific with how they allow those exclusives to be shown outside of Nintendo game systems. Like basically they have control over it if it shows in movies and stuff. I don't know if that's necessarily the case as much with Xbox or PlayStation properties, or if they give like the director of a movie much more creativity or much more leeway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, yeah. I understand exactly. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. See, and well, I didn't watch the Halo Paramount series, so. <laughs> but yeah, so you know what? And I, I heard a lot. Yeah. It's like some people liked it. A lot of people didn't. And I kind of feel like some of the people that said they liked it, it's kind of like when you offer a starving guy food that tastes like dog shit. And yeah. he's starving, so he's going to eat it. And he'll Whatever be like, oh, it's yeah. yeah, he'll be like, oh, it's great. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's oh, you wanna... like chicken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's like you want to ask him, all right, listen, if you weren't starving, would this taste good? And he'll be like, oh, probably not. And it's mm -hmm. like. Master Cheeks, I don't think, is what everyone had in mind when they were talking uh, about a Halo it, show. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, and it sucks, too, because I was watching clips earlier of some of the scenes from the show, and I was like, man, I kind of wouldn't mind watching this if it was purely Master Chief just being Master Chief, but hearing the scenes that he has outside of the armor and stuff, I'm like, I'm not trying to watch Halo and his personal life and his love story. I'm just like, I'm trying to see this dude kick some ass for now. But uh, that's just me. 
<laughs> yeah, Timber brought up yeah. a good point about um. He said haters were attacking Phil because he apparent apparently set Zenimax games exclusive. So here's the thing, and Phil had, Phil had talked about this in court. He said, you know what? We saw Deathloop was going exclusive to PlayStation. We saw Ghostwire Tokyo was going exclusive to PlayStation. Starfield we heard was. we heard Starfield was, and we said we have to act. That's why they bought it, because mm -hmm. if they wouldn't have act, yes, they could have said, well, technically it's not an exclusive because it can come to Xbox sometime, but PlayStation just paid them for 20 years of exclusivity. So by the time it comes out, no one's going to be playing it on Xbox. Yeah, you, know, you, you look at Final Fantasy VII, the remake, is it on Xbox yet? Nope. No. It's, it's technically not an exclusive. It's technically mm -hmm. not an exclusive, but it's nowhere to be found on Xbox. So it's one of those situations that Phil didn't want to be in. And Thimber, I completely agree. They were pissed about it, but I mean, Phil did what any one of us would have done. If if you see your competitors doing all this stuff, I'm like, I'm just going to buy you the company. To. So they can't do yeah. that. You you know? It's like people were saying Microsoft has to compete. And yeah. um, as many people are saying, you can't tell them to compete, but then try to say, well, you have to do it by this standard, by this specific way. Like, no, yes. use the resources available for you to compete in a method that you seem pro uh, appropriate. And I mean, with the FTC theme, that's not breaking any rules or anything like that. So you can't really like, sure, you could be mad, but again, it's, it's just the industry that we're in, ultimately. And when I see people saying, well, they bought the first party studios, but I didn't want them to buy something like Zenimax and Bethesda, I'm just like, again, they're using the resources available to them. And yeah. and people have said multiple times before, like Xbox needs a console seller. So if you want to play Starfield or any other ZeniMax games, then there's the console. But again, that gives the uh, importance of having access to the PC in the cloud as well. So if you don't want the console, then you're not required to get it if you want to play those games as well. So the exclusives suck, but you still have options to not have to go drop 500 bucks, especially if you have a decent computer or yeah. decent cloud connection uh, or internet connection to play Starfield on your TV or your, your phone or little old laptop. So they still got options for you, but again, you can't really get too specific on, well, you can do this, but you can't do that. But right, right. So let me, let me ask you guys this. Um, not that we're on the topic about Phil Spencer and the ZeniMax exclusives. So apparently today, I think that's what you brought up, Sentinel, right? Where he said everything, every Zenimax game, new or old IPs are going to be exclusive, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Like I, I think he said on you, a case by case basis, though, right? Oh, right. Today, so is this something the FTC new? Said, yeah, the, the something new. The FTC okay. revealed like an email that went out to like Zenimax employees. Yeah, because he uh -huh. was being really, I'll admit he was being funny with the case-by-case case thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. What, what, legacy, case, legacy it's, it's exclusive. <laughs> yeah, so, but I mean, I'm I'm not surprised, honestly. People are debating if ES or Elder Scrolls 6 is going to be, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if it is, because it's... Oh, it's not coming to yeah. PS5. It's yeah, not. probably not. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> what do you guys think of him saying that, and then to today it's revealed that the actual plan is all the IPs going forward are going to be exclusive. I mean, I, it's like, I, I think it makes sense because PlayStation didn't even buy ZeniMax and they were already trying to make all the P, IPs exclusive. They were already trying to do that. So they're just fighting fire with fire. It's, mm -hmm. you know, you can say all's fair in love and war and business is very much like war. So all's fair in business too, you know, it's all good. Yeah, I That's mean, true. it's it's 
as I'm sure a lot of people are mad because it is business speak when they're asking them ahead of time. But at the same time, I'm just like, just knowing the environment we, we're in, you can't just say, oh, yeah, definitely. Guaranteed 10 years from now, without question, we're going to do X and Y. Like, maybe you can't be definitive on any of your business plans until it's actually coming up to decide on that. Because if they ever did do another Elder Scrolls Online or what something like that, that could be multiplat again as well. I know the current, the current one is continuing to be multiplat, but if they made a new MMO or something like that, that could multi be multiplat as well. But when yeah. it comes to Elder Scrolls and the next Fallout, like I'm not at all surprised if those are the exclusive because those are really heavy hitters when it comes to their weight in the industry. So why wouldn't you make it exclusive, especially if you're making Starfield exclusive, which yeah. a lot of people are hyping up to be one of the biggest games of this generation, if not the decade. So yeah, it, it, it only makes sense. And again, it's just the industry we live in. Um, I know people say it won't be, it's not the same at all because one started as exclusive, but we all know how important God of War Ragnarok was and Spider-Man is going to be in Horizon. So Microsoft buying up exclusives, they know how important they are and you, you can't really fault them for doing so. Again, as you guys were mentioning, they made Death uh, Deathloop exclusive, Ghostwire Tokyo was exclusive, Starfield was going to be exclusive. Yeah. You can't really be you can't really be mad at Microsoft and say like, hey, we're literally doing what you guys are doing, but it's still doing time. Unless you're Final Fantasy VII, we're going to make it permanent. So, right, just choose another foot. That's all it is. So, well, speaking of like wide acquisitions, um, they all we also learned that they were actually considering buying Square Enix. They referred to this potential bid as Project Phoenix. And it was something that they had considered doing. I know Phil Spencer publicly expressed several times a desire to purchase an Asian game developer, a particular Japanese studio. But this just is, I guess it didn't progress. It didn't pan out. Um, what do you guys think about that purchase? And I, I bring that up because Square Enix has been very antagonistic. Um, as far as bringing their games to PlayStation, because PlayStation has said repeatedly that was Square Enix's choice. Do you think Square Enix, when Microsoft was trying to buy them, were completely like, nope, or do you think they were entertaining the idea? Oh, Uso's gone again. Oh, Uso. More technical issues. Yeah, so Triple, what do you think about that? I mean, that's interesting news. Uh, was Square entertaining the idea? I'm, I mean, I'm sure businesses are going to business, so they maybe toy with the idea of if there's actual uh benefits to it. But in terms of it falling through, I'm not upset. Truth be told, I'm not really how can I put it? I'm kind of, I guess I could say I'm kind of weird when it comes to acquisition talk because I'm not really on the side of yes, go buy everything. So I'm not, yeah, like, yeah you guys should have bought Square. I'm like, nah, they do, they didn't, and if they do, they do, but. You know, I'm not rooting for him to do so. Aside from Sega Talk, kind of funny. So yeah, no, I, I completely get that because then if you have Microsoft buying every, yeah, you know, every company out there, they're all yeah. essentially answering to the Microsoft board, and they don't have independence. Exactly, exactly. So it's like I said, if it's one of the things that if it happens, then sure. But I'm not gonna be champion on seeing. I'm seeing a list of people saying what they should buy. I'm like, I don't really care for that, but. Yeah. Um, so plus, I mean, just knowing the history of Final Fantasy and the Square on PlayStation, I'm not a fan of it possibly being exclusive to Xbox. I know I'm not a fan of Final Fantasy VII missing Xbox, but I'm not a fan of the reverse either, especially since 
freaking was a crisis core reunion <laughs> came out on yes. xbox but remake and rebirth are still going to be exclusive so it's interesting to know that they were playing with the idea and just listing off developers and publishers they were interested in i'm yeah. not all too surprised because it's just what are what is our business strategy and you toss out these ideas uh whether or not as we'll speak about later if they actually put out a proper plan to say hey this is what we want to go forward with such yeah. as with sega uh, or if it was just a business email like hey what's the industry looking like here's some names that people you know latched onto that saying it was a possibility but again it could have just been making a list and not really committing so right. um yeah it's just um like i said i'm not a fan of the idea of being exclusive to xbox but i'm not surprised that they were talking about it yeah um timber also brought up that sega had also been one of the companies considered by microsoft you know as mm -hmm. far as these acquisitions go but you know sega was like hey we got a good relationship with them but we we're not interested and i kind of feel like that's because they want to stay independent yeah because um, that's you know, the I was just going to say, that's the main thing people need to understand, too, is that these companies have to want to sell. It's not yeah. they pull it with the biggest amount of money and people are like, yeah, we'll totally do it. Like they still some companies still want their independence and it's understandable to do so. And so, well, yeah, because Vivendi tried that with Ubisoft. Mm -hmm. And if they buy enough shares to where they own the controlling amount of stock, they basically the company has to vote on whether they're going to allow them to do that. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what kept Vivendi out because the rest of the shareholders were like, nope. And of course, the owners of Ubisoft voted, you know, they bought up a ton of shares and voted against it as well. So you've got to wonder if some of these companies like Sega, like Square Enix, don't want to stay independent from bigger corporations, you know. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, you so uh, I know we've been talking about Square Enix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to come to him and he dropped off again. It's cool yeah, for, any, for, <laughs> for anyone watching right now, watching this podcast, Yuso has technical issues. That's also why uh, that's also why Ash is not on this. He also has technical issues, so he doesn't have much Internet access. He has phone access right now. Um, so it's apparently a lot of people are having it right now. Completely cool. We're going to move on. Uh, to our next topic. Give me just a second. Let me see. Um, IO Interactive's in-development fantasy RPG is going to be an Xbox exclusive. Internal documents list Project Dragon is an Xbox console exclusive in addition to PC, of course. Mm -hmm. That's exclusive. Let me see. That's according to internal Microsoft documents shared as part of the ongoing FTC versus Microsoft trial over the, over the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. So because of this court case, of course, we're seeing a lot of these documents they didn't want to have they didn't want to share. They wanted them to be a surprise. But now <laughs> we've learned now we've learned that one of the one of the games IO Interactive is working on is going to be a fantasy RPG Xbox console exclusive. Of course we know mm -hmm. the other one is a James Bond game, which is obviously going to be multi-platform. Mm -hmm. But they're referring to it as Project Dragon. It's an RPG shooter for PC and the Xbox Series console. shooter. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, give me a second. Let me Especially let me open the door for you. So he just game. came back. Sounds like a fantasy. Hey, you so welcome back. <laughs> uh, okay, so just to catch you up real quick, you so we're talking about IO Interactive because of these court documents that had to be brought forward because of the whole 
Microsoft versus F FTC case, they revealed that IO Interactive is working on a fantasy RPG shooter that's going to be an Xbox console and PC exclusive. Um, Project have, Dragon or Project... Uh, Project Dragon. Yeah, okay. I think it's Project Dragon. Project 007, as far as we know, is going to be multi-platform. Uh, what are your thoughts on hearing this news that IO Interactive is actually working on an exclusive for the Xbox console? Well, wasn't it just Corden that reported this like uh, uh, like a year ago? Year yeah, this is ago? this has been in rumors for a while now. Yeah, yeah. So to, to have it confirmed is pretty cool. Um, I have a feeling if you know the deal with Activision goes through or doesn't go through, that IO Interactive is going to be one of the studios that Xbox uh, acquires. Yeah, kind of well because I know I I'm not a huge or two hitman, but. Uh, I've been listening to was the Sacred Symbols podcast, and one of the members were talking about how much people really love the Hitman games. So, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if I managed to get on that. Be kind of. I'm not into it either, but their last Hitman game was actually, you know, it was really well done. The visuals are superb. The missions, amazing, and there was like zero bugs or glitches that I experienced in like 15 hours of play. Yeah. So they're a really good studio. So I would not mind them being on their Xbox. You know, the like they had their most recent Hitman and then of course Hitman 2 before Hitman 3. And I had both of those. I wasn't really a fan of them too much. But Hitman 3, I saw a lot of good things. I actually pre-ordered it. And you're exactly right. It was very well polished. It was a fun game. I actually enjoyed myself a lot. And shortly after that is when we learned that they were working on a James Bond game. And some of those segments in Hitman 3, it felt like it could have been James part Bond. <laughs> yeah, they felt James Bond. And I was like, you know what? They're kind of they're testing the waters and kind of trying to get an idea of, about how you do some of this stuff. That's what those levels felt like. But it was perfect hearing that they were making a James Bond game. I was like, yes, they could you do know? James Bond. They could do John Wick. They could do yeah. Hardcore Henry. Like they're a really good studio. Like the sky's the limit with them. It's Jason Moore. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I do want to take a moment to welcome everyone who's watching our podcast right now. Thimber, of course. Uh Kiernan, 717. Welcome. Um, I didn't I didn't see any other names in the chat right now. Uh, I haven't been watching it too closely. But if you are watching this podcast, thank you so much. Obviously, I do want to give a shout out also to our channel members. Let me see. A shout out to Muppet1169, Thimber, UK Dazarus, Slayer Exclusive Gaming, Darren, Matt Kelly, Web Dave, Wandering Dutch, Shadow Mall, Back from the Dead One, Paul AFC, BMG, and some random BMG, BMG gifted. He gifted a, a subscription to the channel to some random. We don't know who it was. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much for subscribing to the channel. Of course, it's not hard to subscribe to the channel to become a channel member. It costs you 99p, a whole bunch of exclusive videos and perks. So definitely join today. Um, also, you can visit our website for daily gaming news and reviews, xpnnetwork.com. Definitely check it out. Um, so continuing with the James Bond thing, uh, Triple, did you play Hitman 3 at all? And what are your thoughts about... Not necessarily just the James Bond game, but IO Interactive um, as a potential partner with Xbox for exclusives in the future. So I'll be honest, I did not play Hitman or pretty much I haven't played much Hitman. I think the 
earliest memory I remember was like 360 where one of them had a demo or something. And I, that was probably the last Hitman game I played. So truth be told, uh, I I can't really sound excited or disappointed or whatever when it comes to this news because I don't really have much history when it comes to IO Interactive. Right. But um, I mean, the most I can say is like a new game coming to the platform is never a bad thing. But Again, hearing from other people, from such as you guys, and again, referencing, uh, listen to the Sacred Symbol podcast when they're going on about it. They sound like it's a talented team at over at IO Interactive. So if they were to acquire them, that would be a pretty good catch. And um, I think they're um, I'm trying to recall they have had to do like some type of uh, crown footing for some of their projects before. But again, it's an indie team and they get backed by Microsoft. It just comes to that possibility. What can they do being backed by Microsoft? We're looking at teams like Obsidian, Ninja Theory, and what they're capable of now that they're under Microsoft and what they did with their independence. So that idea of like now you got more proper funds to really put more passion into your work, that's always an interesting thing and exciting thing to think about. So that's that's the best way I can approach this topic. Right, right. Definitely. I think IO Interactive is kind of one of those that is under a lot of people's radar, but they shouldn't be because they're a high quality studio, mm. you know, and they're consistently putting out great, great content. Um, Uso, it looks like Raul came to this podcast because you let him know about it. Thank you so much. And Raul, of course, thank you for watching our podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Let me see. Um, I'm looking right now. Uh, Microsoft CEO has claimed, oh, well, I already read that one. Let me see. I'm going through all these topics because they're jumbled together. Um, give me just a second. Let me go with the Iron Man game because I like Iron Man. I think EA making an Iron Man single player game is actually going to be really good. Of course, it's not going to be exclusive. I wish it would be, you know, just because Xbox kind of needs that. Not because I want to take it away from PlayStation gamers, but they could use it with Spider-Man nice. being exclusive on PlayStation, you know. There was um, an argument for uh, Indiana Jones becoming exclusive. So. Right, oh, right. Uh, new job listing suggests that Electronic Arts' new Iron Man game will be using Unreal Engine 5 over the Frostbite engine. Thank God. The job, the job listing found on the EA website is for a software developer on the new Iron Man game, which the description reads, will be developed with Unreal Engine 5. Required for qualifications for the role include proficiency in Unreal Engine 5's audio system, including working with audio components, audiographs, sound cues, Unreal's blue, blueprints, visual scripting. Now, this game, of course, was announced first in September 2022. Insider Gaming understands that the game has already been in playtesting to see what players want from an Iron Man game, and it's understood that production is going well. The game officially entered production in February of 2023. Um... I know now I kind of feel like after Marvel's Avengers, people are a little hesitant regarding certain Marvel characters in video games. But with Electronic Arts tackling this, they're making it a single player, um, a single player experience. What are you guys thoughts on this Iron Man game? Are you looking forward to it or are you kind of apprehensive over it? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, The. How can I put it this way? We okay, we got Spider-Man, right? And we're getting Spider-Man too. Yeah, we had Marvel's Avengers that didn't do too well, but Spider-Man didn't do too well in Marvel <laughs> Marvel's Avengers on its own. So I wouldn't really let Marvel's Avengers speak for the possibility of a superhero game, regardless right. of which studio is developing it. 
So I, just like any product, I'm looking forward to it in the sense of I'm hoping it's good. I'm never going to hope the product is bad until, you know, seeing otherwise or the studio does something so terrible. It's like, yeah, I don't like these guys. And yeah. yeah. Right, right. But um, I believe it's EA Motive that's creating this one. Uh, The ones that recently did the Dead Space remake. So I really enjoy what they did with uh, the Dead Space remake. I know that's a remake versus starting from scratch, but at least from the talent and the work that they put into the game and making it feel so uh, sticking true to the original and all the type of uh, developer uh, documentaries or certain phrase I'm looking for, but like basically showing fans that they're really trying to put a lot of effort into the remake. I have faith in them doing the same thing with Iron Man and knowing that it would be going to Unreal Engine 5. Not saying I know my way around when it comes to uh, game engines, but just knowing that Unreal Engine is a lot more used in the industry versus Frostbite. So I'm hoping it'll be a lot more easier to develop for and they're not pulling another anthem and trying to use Frostbite for flying controls and everything like that. I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm hoping it's good and really can't wait to see how it looks. And like I said, Dead Space already had the little floating controls in ZLG. So they, they, they're, they were practicing something. So we'll see how it pans out. So are you looking forward to the Iron Man game or are you kind of where you don't really, you're not really too concerned about it? Uh, Depends. You know, Iron Man was one of my favorite Marvel games um, way back on the Wii. I don't know if you guys remember that one. It was on the Wii. uh, I did play it on the PS3. Yeah. Yeah. So that game was a lot of fun. I mean, the main thing is, the the loop for Avengers was what really like killed the game, and then the micro uh, microtransactions was like the cherry on top, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, um, if they can nail the gameplay, and you know, I'd understand if there's like microtransactions. Um, that's just the age we live in with video games. Right. But as long as it's not like overdoing it, where there's like two hundred different suits. <laughs> that yeah. you have to buy like i'm fine with it i but, think yeah i look uh, forward to it go ahead oh no go ahead okay. triple <laughs> i think triple was gonna say something my bad go ahead i'm trying to remember spider-man because spider-man had the different suits but i can't remember yeah. if they had like special effects added to them or were they purely yeah. cosmetics uh, they did yeah they did in game Okay, so because then they did have microtransactions that would make me wonder if that would be the same for Iron Man or if it was just be cosmetics. So yeah. that could be some really... I know it's a single-player experience, but even when it comes to like XP boosts in single-player games, people have issues with those, even if it's single-player. Yeah. So yeah, I hope we don't get microtransactions that might alter a game like that, but we'll see. Right. Yeah, you know, the funny... Something that's, something that's kind of funny is... Excuse me. Everyone, everyone kind of says they learned, um, or they did a really good job with Anthem, right? With the flying systems, and that feels like you want that type of flying to be in an Iron Man game. But wasn't Anthem built with the Frostbite engine? Yeah, and that caused the team problems because they said, you know what, Frostbite is more of a first-person shooter. We're developing this huge open world where you're flying around, and it. They had to learn how to use it. That was some of the problems that the Anthem team. Um, that Bioware had to run in. I believe it was Bioware that they it was ran Bioware into. They crafted it, yeah, yeah. So it, it's nice to it's nice to see that EA says, you know what? Okay, we we've, we're learning from our mistakes. 
we're making an Iron Man game that could potentially use the same type of flight systems, and we're not using Frostbite anymore. We are, mm -hmm. you know, shelling out the cash to use Unreal Engine 5. That, in my opinion, is a good move by EA. It, it, it gives me some confidence that this game is going to be good. Yeah, definitely. It's just like with uh, Respawn Entertainment, where there's like, yeah, we're not using uh, the Frostbite engine for the first uh, Jedi Survivor game. We're following Fallen Order. So seeing that they're allowing their other teams to branch out and use Unreal Engines and other engines, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're finally uh, doing what's right, getting it, letting the teams do what they need to hopefully put out a good product. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know uh, Uso had said Iron Man back on, you know, couple generations ago was a great game that he enjoyed a lot i really feel like if electronic arts markets this well that they're gonna draw that crowd back yeah because crystal dynamics marvel's avengers was lacking but i feel like iron man still has almost a cult following mm -hmm. and that if they market it right they're gonna draw a lot of those people back to this game mm -hmm. yeah i i don't know maybe maybe it's just me personally uh again it wasn't we we all wanted Marvel Avengers to be better, but I can't just look at something from because that was people. Was that people? No, that was uh, what what studio was that? That did Crystal Dynamics that did it, and yeah. even at least the bit that I played, I haven't played through the full campaign, but the bit that I did play, like the single player portion was decent. At least when you really took control of one superhero and they really try to build the game around, or some of the play spaces and some of the uh, cinematics that happened were really tailored to that one hero. So yeah. make it a single player experience. Like we've seen it with Batman, we've seen it with Spider-Man, where you dedicate a single game to one hero, you can really flesh out that character. And yeah. you don't have to worry about Black Widow running beside the Hulk trying to fight a freaking yeah. raid boss. You, you know what you know what's funny though, right? Is like Black Widow, in my opinion, was one of the best characters because her gunplay and how she moved felt extremely polished. It was quick, it was responsive. It felt mm -hmm. perfect in that type of game. But you had other characters, like in my opinion, the Iron Man flying on the rails felt it was not very um, limited. It, it, <laughs> no, it felt it felt so limited compared to something like Anthem, mm -hmm. you know. And, and that's again, not uh, what you want. You know? Yeah, and again, referencing when they put Spider Man in the game, <laughs> how they yeah. did Spider Man compared to what we got in Sonic yeah. Spider Man, just like it's you just limit what you can do with the characters in that in that type of uh, in that type of game. So, yeah. Yeah, I also definitely... think Crystal Dynamic can't really do a multiplayer game like that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know what? It, it kind of felt like Crystal Dynamics was doing the best they could, but it felt like they also had Square Enix bosses saying, hey, we want this and we want that in the games, and that mm -hmm. kind of hindered, you know, that hindered what, what they could do with the game. Yeah. Yeah, plus it's just that games as a service model, as people have said, looking at Destiny and the, the troubles you have to create a games as a service and make it grow and thrive. Like, it's not something you can easily do if you fail. Like, we're so late into so many games in the market, you can't fail and come back now. Like, you really have to yeah. make a solid standout success when you first come in. Not to say it has to be the best game ever, but you can't fix it later type of deal. Yeah. Um, talking about Crystal Dynamics, it according to an article that came out, they said perfect dark we we know crystal dynamics of course is helping xbox and their studio the initiative work on perfect dark the perfect dark reboot remains in the earliest stages of development and is likely still two to three years away from release it's been claimed that's according to new accounts of the game's troubled development cycle provided to ign by 13 people who have worked on it across three different studios recent plans also reportedly appear 
to be leaning towards some form of episodic release for Perfect Dark, although this could yet change given how far how far out the game remains. Um, are you guys a fan of the Perfect Dark concept that we've seen thus far? And do you think this news is, um, do you think it's it kind of kills the mood, so to speak? Um, to be honest, like I've been saying this since they revealed the trailer. Uh, I'm a little confused as to why they chose Perfect Dark. Not because Perfect Dark was a bad game, but to bring Perfect Dark to modern day gaming. Yeah. With like modern controls, modern visuals, and like, and to have it have an interesting game loop today. Uh, I, I just, I feel like that's a bigger hurdle than actually releasing the game. <laughs> and, right. Right. Uh, you know, with the news of it coming to 2026, I can't say that I'm surprised um, because it's just been going through really big development issues for the past couple of years. Um, and I think it's only now picking up its stride since Crystal Dynamic picked up the Slack from Initiative. Yeah. I know when they first talked about Initiative, they said, oh, it's... Sorry, hit the wrong button. <laughs> they said they, my hard drop. That's not a right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a potato, but it's it's still working. Thank God. No, but like they said, hey, you know what? Initiative is going to be uh, quadruple A, or I think one of the one of the news sites called it tri- quadruple A, yeah. and it's kind of like you got to be careful when you're throwing terms around like that because Rockstar puts out the best games in the world, and it's a triple A studio. You mm-hmm. can't say it's quadruple A, even if you're dropping a billion dollars on it. It's still triple A. Yeah, you know, so I, the whole quadruple A thing didn't make sense. And yeah. then it turns out they can't manage themselves, and they have to call an outside studio to come in and do all the work for them. It's kind of like you guys got to be careful what you tout to your to your public, to your customers, because it's it's just embarrassing. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I'm. I need to really look at this, see where that quote came from. Because truth be told, every time I heard quadruple A and people are using that to rub it in. It wasn't, I don't think it was Phil, but I I think someone else. It was Matt Booty. Okay, because I was like, somebody, somebody say, someone say, like, yeah, don't, you you set those expectations. Yeah. Exactly. Matt Booty making a booty out of himself is what he was doing. Like, you have so many (laughs) triple A games out there, you add a quadruple A. Okay, now you're setting so high expectations from a studio that hasn't even proved itself (laughs) yet. And I know they were talking about industry leader and talents, but I'm just like, well, we see how it turned out. So talent, the talent isn't enough. Um, why, just to touch on the the IP coming back, I'm not too surprised given that there is an absence of that spy. Well, I mean, too much, actually, I don't even think they've gone too in-depth as to what we can expect from the gameplay, but just the whole spy yeah. part. Like we, I don't know the last time we got a Splinter Cell perf- or uh, Metal Gear Solid. So I could see trying to get something in that market and just knowing that you had this IP for so long and once revise it or re- yeah. uh, revive it. I, I understand going back to it. Um, I mean, it's been a long time, really long time since I played the original. Uh, so I can't really say I have like a huge connection with Perfect Dark as an IP. When I heard that it first was coming back, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember Perfect Dark and I remember playing it and getting stuck, and I think I used like a cheat code and broke the game somehow. <laughs> so that was my experience yeah. with it. Um, but yeah, it's just this. This is why I 
prefer if you don't announce projects so early. I understand uh, announcing projects is a form of marketing to try to get uh, and hiring to try to get talent into the studio. So I understand doing that. But when you're announcing it so early on, just referencing Everwild, which they said they didn't really have a solid concept of what the game would be. It's just like, don't announce it and just just work on it till you have a solid foundation of what you want it to be. I think uh, I remember when it was a Drew. I might be saying the wrong name. It's just popping up. I had Drew Murray. I think he was working yeah. on the team. I think there was a shot he shared one time saying Phil was playing a version of Perfect Dark. So they yeah. had something. But as you said, since Crystal Dynamics has joined on board, things obviously fell apart. So it, it just sucks to hear that they announced it so long ago. We might not see it till 2026. But same things kind of happening with Fable, but it seems Fable's kind of sort of going more smoothly in comparison. So, um, at the now, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are familiar with uh Hitman, don't they do episodes for Hitman? Yeah, okay. And I would assume those are so. My question to you guys then is how long are the episodes and how are the pricing, right? Structure? Right. You know, they may be using the Hitman, they may be using like Hitman 2 or Hitman 3 as the structure for how they do it. Because if Joanna Dark is a secret agent, she's going to be on missions. Mm -hmm. So you go into the mission, you can achieve your objectives however you want. And in that respect, it's going to be a lot, it's going to be a lot closer to Hitman 3 than people might realize. Yeah. And so the reason I'm asking is if we already have a game in the industry doing something like that, I'm curious on how people feel about Hitman. Again, it seems like people right. love Hitman 3. So the idea of it being episodic isn't a huge turnoff if we already have an example of when it's done right. So that's where it pretty much does come down to if it's done right. But at the same time, if I had a preference, I would say it's like a full product. But again, if they're going this approach, I'll just circle back to what I said earlier about, hey, I hope you guys do the best that you can. And it's a really good approach that you guys are going for. And you nail it correctly. Uh, but only only time will tell with uh, the initiative and just what the game's going through right now. So, but I, I don't I, I don't know, man. I just again, I kind of wish they held off on announcing it. So it's just wait and see. And I'm just curious on what's the initiative's going to look like, maybe like five years from now, with how things are going with them and whether or not the studio would stick around after the first perfect guard. But who knows? Maybe once they catch their stride, they'll put out something good but for the first outing it's yeah not so great i think the hitman episodes are like 20 bucks and they have like 10 missions or something like that if i'm Mm -hmm. so um it's pretty good i don't really see anybody complaining about it i mean there were complaints at launch but since then I, i haven't heard any complaints I well, I mean, it, it's it's not like, you know, it's a it's a Grand Theft Auto game because those games, if you have a mission, when you complete the mission, you're done with it. It's essentially the same thing as an episode. So if that's how they're telling it, that's not an issue for concern. You know, everyone can just yeah. chill out and relax. I guess it yeah. just comes down to people not wanting because it's kind of the, the issue I have with Destiny. I mean, if you play uh, live service Jesus, games, yeah. um, how they have. Oh, yeah, we got the major expansion. OK, the story won't continue from a year from now, but. Since that's not the case, um, I guess another question, what's the, if you can recall, like the time window between releases and how long it would take to do like a full episode? Because I guess I can understand people don't want to play like episode one and then wait 
yeah. a year for episode two or something. Well, and that's all that's going to depend on a number of things. That depends on how many people they have in their studio. That depends on whether their manager is real relaxed and lets them work like four hour days or whether he's basically saying, hey, you know what, 10 hour days until this gets done. I mean, it depends on a number of things, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the Hitman episodes were like four to six months in between. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think really. Well, that, that's I O. That's I O interactive, though. I mean, yeah, it's like yeah. Crystal Dynamics could work at a different at a different. Yeah. Pace. Again, again, I'm just kind of referencing Hitman, yeah. and since it's something the industry's familiar with, and if they're comfortable with Hitman approach, then if and then, like you're saying, it still varies on their studio talent. If they could hit the same window release window, then maybe it won't be as bad. But I think. And it really depends on who you ask. The whole episode thing, people were kind of because this has been hinted, hinted at with Perfect Dark before. And the issue was was people were like, oh well, Game Pass is gonna make games become episodic, and it's Game Pass fault. And this is what we could expect from Microsoft going forward to afford Game Pass. So that was really the biggest issue, I guess, is fear mongering when it came to first mentioning episodes for Perfect Dark. But yeah. as we see with uh, how all their other studios are being uh how they're performing like obsidian's been tossed out games and everyone else is doing their own thing so now that we see that the initiative how they're approaching with the initiative in perfect dark doesn't apply to everything then really is this a nothing burger until otherwise but like i said perfect dark has so many other issues to deal with in general that's like the least of my concerns at the moment yeah I definitely agree. I did want to take a chance to tell everyone, hey, thank you for checking out our podcast thus far. Uh, Back from the Dead, UK Dazarus, you both hopped in. Welcome. If you are enjoying this, hit that like button. Be sure to share it on your socials as well so we can have other people who are interested in gaming podcasts. Check it out. Um, Uso, I did want to um, ask your opinion on, let me see, give me a second. Because I I have all the topics pulled up. Uh, multiverse servers have gone offline completely. Um, have you ever played multiverse? Was it, were you a fan of it? And now that these servers have gone offline completely, um, they're preparing for a relaunch, but they've gone offline as of right now. What are your thoughts about these types of games that um, they take their servers offline completely? So multiverse is preparing for a relaunch. Is that correct? Early 2024. Yes. Oh, Okay. Um, that's tough, man. Like, I can understand that they have to turn off the servers. Um, but for consumers, man, it's like, it's, it'll be hard to trust you again with people's money. Like, yeah, because Multiverse had microtransactions, even though technically it was supposed to be like a a beta or early access program. yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, why are you putting microtransactions in this game? I mean, I get it for funding, but you can't just turn off access for the people who put money or invested into your ecosystem. So it's just like, it's it's happening a lot more today than it has to have ever happened before, just because live service games are just, it's the new thing. Yeah, and we're gonna see a lot more. Like we're gonna see this happen a lot more than we'd like to see, especially with PlayStation now um, right. investing in 10, 15 different uh, gas titles. Um, as, as a consumer, I would tell people, you know, don't maybe throw in five bucks if you like, ten bucks, but 
for gas games, man, like you, you got to wait it out a year before you start investing into it. It's like it has to have legs like Destiny 2 or Apex or just big, big hitters, you know. But yeah, I mean, it sucks. It sucks. It's you never know, a good thing when games shut, shut, shut off their servers. You know, the first thing that came to mind when I read this was overwatch you remember how overwatch one they shut off the servers and yeah overwatch two was live but people were having to wait eight hours to get into the servers <laughs> yeah that whole it just seems them. like they're not you know they're not managing um shutting off these servers especially if you're bringing the game back i can understand if a game is going offline and it's going to be offline forever it happens but with a game oh we're going to bring it back in early 2024 especially like you said with the microtransactions that weren't necessarily supposed to be there especially since it was a beta it's kind of like the developers need to read the room so to speak you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. uh yeah, were you a fan were you a fan of uh, multiverses uh triple and what are your thoughts about them pulling it offline to repackage it and bring it back in like 6 7 months so i really only put like a few maybe not even an hour into it so not really a wasn't a huge fan um i play not a lot today now because i get my ass beat in smash bros but i, I played a, I, I played a solid amount of smash bros right so i was interested in seeing their approach and seeing all the cartoon characters and uh dc characters etc coming into it so that premise was kind of cool but like i said when i actually play i was like eh, i just play smash bros um right, but right. it's uh as uh, Uso was saying, it, since it was early access, I can't, I'm not trying to like make excuses for corporations or anything like that, but hopefully they clarify with their microtransactions, or rather, excuse me, this, this weather's getting my nose stuffy, these smoke in the air. But um, <laughs> hopefully they clarify, like explaining this is a possibility because it is a terror. It, it sucks if you're like, yeah, here's microtransactions that we never really told people that eventually the servers will be going or closing. Because that's again, this at least that part is news to me. Yeah. I know with a, a reference back to Final Fantasy 14, where I think they did that with uh, Realm Reborn or what happened prior, where they was like, yeah, we got to shut this down and work on it. So it's not a new concept. But again, if you're charging, if you are having access to microtransactions and letting people spend money, I yeah. hope they were clear on explaining to people like, hey, eventually these services are going to go down. Right. And my question, too, is like, are they going to let things carry over? So um, I'm Great not questions. too yep. uh, I'm not too familiar with early access, but I know a lot of people can buy into games. And so it's one of the what's the word I'm looking this one of the uh, issues or one of the things you got to be aware of when you're buying into early access. I right. can't remember. If, I think grounded. You had to pay for early access. I'm not sure how the legacy players were treated with that. I personally only played it through Game Pass, so you know I didn't really pay for early access of grounded specifically. But again, how did it work in carrying over to the final product? So um, hopefully, when it comes back, like I said, people that spent money, their things carry over because that would suck if you spent X amount of dollars and it's like, yeah, you got to start from scratch. And yeah. DLC skins, however they're wherever they're allowing you to buy it. It's well, sucks to suck. So, um, hopefully, when it does come back, it's a good game. Um, yeah, that's pretty much about it. Like I said, I, I pretty much put my <laughs> sat down, I was like, oh, I'll just play Smash Bros. But it was, it was an interesting concept. So, but yeah, early access, microtransactions, I know funding, but right. hopefully, they were clear about it. That's pretty much all I can say. 
Yeah, you know, I, I know a lot of people were talking about that game, but to hear that they're pulling it offline and they're like, hey, we'll bring it back next year. Especially, like you said, when people spend money, it's kind of like you want to let people know ahead of time, hey, you know what, it's going to be offline, but you want to let people know ahead of time, like several months, so that they can right. kind of say, hey, you know what, am I going to spend money that I may not, you know, for these microtransactions, for these costumes or whatever, I may not be able to use in the future, or do I just want to wait until they relaunch it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I'm curious on like how early on, I mean, I'm not part of a team, and if we all worked on projects before, and it turns out things could change early on to late end of a project, I just want to know how how early did they know that plan of shutting it down? And that's where I'm starting to, like, as Uso was saying, you lose people's trust if you're, you knew well in advance, but you didn't say anything until last minute. So it's just not a good look. But hopefully when it comes back, they deliver on the consumer. And that's pretty much about it. Give me just a second. I'm uh, looking at our next one. Okay. It's about um, the Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick demanded a greater share of Call of Duty sales in order to bring the Blockbuster series to Xbox Series X and S. It was actually revealed by Sarah Bond that the Activision boss, he wanted more money. And he basically, let me see, the platform holders take a 30% cut of software sales on their consoles with 70% going to the publishers. He actually wanted um, 80% with Xbox only getting 20% instead of 30%. Um, now, we know a lot of negative stuff about Bobby Kotick, but seeing how cutthroat he he was towards xbox do you think some of that was possibly playstation's doing or do you think that's just bobby kodak <laughs> no i think that's just bobby kodak <laughs> <laughs> i think he did the same thing on the playstation if we're being yeah, real like, you know? <laughs> I, I want to say this is your fault jim like no nah, that's just bobby being greedy that's I'm, I'm not like i'm sure I'm, a lot of people can argue the deals that PlayStation made to get it more popular on their platform gave them leeway. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just like, sorry, Microsoft it sucks to suck. I don't know no better way to say it. Like, is this PlayStation was doing what they needed to try to get most of the shares on their platform? But ultimately, right. it still is Bobby that said, hey, I want a bigger share from Xbox. I know me personally, I will say one thing that kind of did annoy me or the type of... Uh, not to veer too far off topic, but when it where I would put the blame at for Sony is the type of exclusive deals they done with PlayStation. Yeah. Where if anyone remember back in Modern Warfare, the remake, not remake, but the reimagining of Modern Warfare. Yeah, it's like had, 2019, uh, yeah. Yeah, they had the um what was it, Spec Ops Survival Mode was yeah. exclusive to PlayStation. I believe Call of Duty Black Ops uh Cold War had a exclusive zombies mode called Onslaught. And so that's where whenever anything's brought up with like the shady stuff Sony's done. That's where I'm personally kind of just for uh, not to sound too harsh, but upset with PlayStation. I'm just like, yeah. yeah, you're making deals where you're literally cutting content from other platforms. That's not good. So that's where I would point the finger at for PlayStation and doing some shady stuff with uh, uh, the Call of Duty IP and Activision. But right. going back to <laughs> Bobby Kotick and demanding a bigger share, that's just that's just Bobby being Bobby. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say this is your fault, Jim, but <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it does kind of seem like he is a snake in the grass, so to speak. But, you know, it's, it kind of feels like in this court case, you're really learning how snake like he is, you know, and you're kind of like Microsoft. As soon as you buy Activision, you need to throw this dude off the bridge, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> need to get rid of that dude. Yeah. He's just bad news. He's abusing his employees. He don't give a shit. He's making almost 60 million dollars a year to be an asshole to everybody. 
And it's like, you, it's like, please, Microsoft, send this dude pack in the moment you sign that contract. Go. Yeah, no, yep. this definitely the history of like uh, stories. Like, yeah, we had to cut Bev team because money. I'm like, bro, you just got like a couple million in bonuses. <laughs> what are you talking? I about? know, right? That's like so, that's what? like. That's like twenty five percent of their budget for this entire game, and it's it's yeah. going in your pocket. You know, like you need it. Oh, ridiculous! Yeah. yeah, but I think the split's the same with PlayStation, isn't it? It's like part of their marketing deal. Like, hey, you want marketing? Well, right I, just, I think it's uh, I think it's seventy thirty. Oh, but okay. It's seventy percent. It yeah, because seventy percent goes to Activision, thirty percent goes to PlayStation. But That's Bobby Kotick was like, yeah. Bobby Kotick was like, I don't want the seventy, I want the eighty. Mm-hmm. So. Jesus. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, again, it's like everything we've seen. He's it perfectly matches how he is. But it's like the more you hear about it, you're just like, man, I can't believe this guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. It just hearing about it. I'm sure it's not helping the FTC right. case at all. Like that's just again, not saying, yeah, Microsoft go buy everything. But when things like this come out, it kind of just adds to why they have to make some of the moves that they've been making. Like, yeah, they're going to keep it exclusive and hopefully they don't do the turn around, do the same thing. But at that point, that's his business. Uh, main thing I hope they don't do is like ship an inferior product on PlayStation despite owning it on Xbox if it goes through. But again, if you're dealing with losing out on exclusive modes, uh, if you're dealing with having to pay a bigger revenue share because of your position in the market, then yeah, yeah. I understand saying, hey, let's screw it. Let's just buy <laughs> the publisher at this point. Again, going back to uh, Zenimax and how they were missing out on Death Loop and Ghostwire. like, screw it, we can't keep letting this happen. So, right, right, mm-hmm. yeah. So they had, so they had to buy uh, Bethesda just so they could get Starfield, so it wouldn't go directly to PlayStation. People say like, oh, you know, Microsoft's being greedy. I'm like, they really got no other choice. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, exactly. to definitely not. Division yep. alive, they need to do cut uh, deals like this because it's like they've been paying more for less. For yeah. the past since like 2019 and behind 2019, like so for them to like start getting competitive, it was necessary for Xbox to continue as not even just like a console maker, but as a you know a gaming division as yeah. for Microsoft. Yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. Um, talking about Starfield. They might not have any physical discs. Now, I know this came out in Inserted Gaming was talking about it. It was actually from a tweet by Bethesda Support. They said, answering someone's question, they said, hello, all physical editions include a code for the chosen platform. There are no physical discs. Now, while they, while they didn't reply to this, um, I believe the Spanish, the Spanish uh, Bethesda account on Twitter had actually said it depends on the edition. For example, the standard edition has a disc while the constellation edition has a code engraved on a collector's item which you can see in the image of the tweet and it shows the collector's item with the case and the watch and what are your guys thoughts about the possibility that starfield might not actually have a disc i mean how is that something that you guys are kind of like oh my god i can't believe it or is it something that you're just kind of like well it's not really that serious I've been I've been digital for years, so <laughs> like yeah, I guess people don't like the whole DRM thing and like um, you know not having actual control over your titles. But in reality, all these games require updates to even run, right? 
And so they need some sort of uh, connection to the internet for you to be able to play them. Right. So, right. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement. I, 99%, if not 99.9% of my collection is digital at this point. Um, yeah. And I think really depending on it varies from developer to developer, but I think that's kind of becoming more of a norm when you get like the higher special editions with games, they'll ship you the game, like the all the physical additional bonuses, but it'll, here's a download code. So I, the most I would say I'm, I wonder why they never shipped the code with like a steelbook because I've heard multiple times like, dang, I got a steelbook. I can't put a disc in it. I'm just like, yeah. So I can understand people's frustration there, but I believe they did come out and correct and say that the standard will have actual physical editions as again when you get the higher editions yeah. and that's when they're missing so it's it's kind of face uh physical is just becoming phased out unfortunately and yeah. we see with like i know uh was it uh, alan wake 2 is not gonna have any physical yeah it's overall. all digital yeah all digital yeah so it's just the it's just getting phased out so uh, I understand people's frustration if they want to use their disc, but I, I'm just going to be honest. I don't use physical a lot myself, so I don't really have yeah. much of a leg in the race to say. It, just like, yeah. No, I, well, I completely get it, you know, especially with Game Pass. And you look at the Series S, how many how many consoles they sold of the Series S, that's all digital. So for a lot of people, digital. you know, well, look a lot at, of people aren't going to care. Look at how much games cost nowadays, too. Like, yeah. Horizon was 212 million. Ragnarok was like 250 million. Yeah. I'm sure these com- companies and publishers are trying to cut corners anywhere they can. So, yeah. The easiest option is okay, we got to cut out physical. We can't continue the, to do physical on everything. Yeah. The only yeah. thing I will say is like, please stop selling everything at full price on digital. Like, yeah, I ain't selling right. this no more, but company's going to company, so now I'm just right. shouting, at, shouting at this guy at this point. But No, I mean, it, you know what? That makes sense, though. That makes sense because they can say, oh, $60 or $70 because we got to print the discs and we got to ship them all over the world or all over the yeah, country exactly. or whatever. It's like, you don't got to do that now with digital, you know, so you can you can make it 50 bucks, and right. it's not, it's not going to be that serious because you don't have to spend the gas on those trucks and all that other stuff. Now you can sell it and you're still making money, but it's just digital information that's going from your server to our Xbox. That's it. Very simple. I'm just going to company it. Yeah. So I, I will say this. I, I haven't looked into it myself in a while, but the only bad thing, the main bad thing I should say when all digital future is definitely lack of sales happening or at least with, um, who else? I was I was watching the Act Man. He was talking about Call of Duty and how freaking dang near every Call of Duty is still full price, even ones that are like ten years old or something like that. So I'm sure that's not. So I know Steam does have their sales and everything like that, but just that aspect of games not going on sale. Call Call Nintendo doing it now right, anyway. Right. So <laughs> I understand. Yeah, that you know, point, and but. talking about price tags, um, Microsoft. It actually came out that Microsoft or well, I guess Xbox purchased Ninja Theory for 117 million dollars. So yeah, 117 million. I don't know how much Insomniac was purchased for, but like I think 200? it was like 250 million. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I I kind of feel like I kind of feel like they're like, "Hey, you know what? They were basing that price tag 
on Ninja Theory's potential just as much as their past because they put out some really good games in the past. And, you know, with what we've seen from Senua 2 or Hellblade 2, Senua Saga, it's looking like they're going to make a really good-looking game. I don't know how it's going to play, but yeah. again, it, you know, <laughs> it's like, now you got to wonder because with, with, with how good it looks, you got to wonder how much Hellblade 2 is costing Microsoft. You know, like you said, Horizon, uh, what was it? Horizon Forbidden West cost West 212 million, right? Yeah. So, and, and that was that was pretty good looking. So yeah. it, well, you know, you, now I mean, you're kind of like, well, how much is Hellblade 2 going to cost? You know? Yeah. Uh, that is a good question, too. Yeah, and, so and, I'm, I don't, we're all just going to be like just guessing, but, and I'm terrible. I'm, this is the reason I'm not working in business. Well, one's open world right, and right. one isn't so, but that's not a good yeah, <laughs> yeah. to go by, but right. who knows? So, uh, but yeah, it's, I'm I, really I just, curious, I just kind of feel like with these inflated price tags, they're looking to cut corners wherever they can, you know? Yeah, definitely. I don't say I'm looking, Hellblade 2 is like one of my most anticipated games. So I'm, yeah. nervously excited because we still haven't gotten a proper breakdown of the gameplay to see what's improved right. yeah. over the last, uh, over the first one, so we'll yeah. see. And, and they I, finished motion capping, so I'm like, oh, what's the holdup, you know? Like, yeah. After we well, see and they didn't show, they didn't show gameplay yet, though. I mean, yeah. not that we, we could see. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly, because we got the gameplay with her walking through the cave, which was cool, I guess the game looks gorgeous. Yeah. Goddamn. But uh, and we got the gameplay at the game awards of her throwing a spear. But yeah. I want to see combat because they made posts on Twitter about her going through actual combat training and doing developer diaries on that. So I'm just like, can we actually see this in action? I hope it's not combat training purely for motion capture cutscene right. fighting and out like yeah. Yeah. Else. Time you know, that, that was suck like that was suck. like oh yeah she did a lot of training like oh what do i get to you press a one time at quick time event like god damn it all right so um i'm that's the that's the main thing i'm looking forward to if i could see that then at that point i'm just like i'm waiting because the, the little snippet we did get at the recent showcase was kind of nice again just the visual right. quality not to turn this to a freaking hellblade <laughs> podcast but the right, visual right. quality and bringing back the voices and the sound engine. I'm just like, all I need is gameplay at this point. Then it's just right. <laughs> so, but I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, our last bit of Xbox news for today. And we are playing 20 questions because I am the host. I'll walk you guys through that if you haven't played 20 <laughs> questions. Well, I think you guys have, yes? Yeah. You yeah played 20 have, questions? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to play it because uh, Redders is not here today and I am the host. So we get to play 20 questions today. But before we do that, our last bit of news is Microsoft is giving away a special Xbox Series S designed to look like a Barbie dream house. UK Daz, you are in luck because I know that's exactly the type of Xbox you'd love to have. You with Ember, you can both enter. It is happening on the Microsoft Rewards page on July 10th. Players will also have the chance to win special Xbox wireless controller faceplates designed to look like Barbie and Ken's outfits. The, cons the console and controller faceplates are part of a series of events being held by Xbox to promote the Barbie movie. So if you're into Barbie, I guess, there you go, right? <laughs> Can't say I am, but, you know, some people, they, you know, they, they like the pink, I guess. So Y'all you know having fun. Right, right. Fun. That's all I can say. I saw they had the uh, Forza Horizon Barbie cars yeah. and stuff. People were like, what is this? I'm like, it, it kind of looks nice. I'm not going to lie. The car looks kind of nice, but yeah. Uh, yeah. 
You know what though? I, I think that I think that um I think it's a Corvette. I think it's what it is, the pink Corvette. It would look a lot meaner if it had like uh the black rims and the, the black on the side instead of the white, <laughs> you know, model it after like Bret Hart or something, then it would look a lot meaner, but yeah, that's going back. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> so uh with that, it's uh time for our last bit of news. Or I mean our our 20 questions that we're playing today. Before I jump into that, though, I do want to thank everyone that has thus far jumped into our chat. Muffet, of course, you're late. That's completely cool. Redders is not here, so he's not going to he's he's not going to you know rough you up for being late. It's all good. Masuko, thank you so much for joining. Uh, Thimber, UK Dazarus here, back from the dead. We had. Let me see. I know. Um, I want to get his name right. Let me see. Uh. Raul, there you go. I'll, I'll keep it simple. Raul showed up, obviously. Thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it. And um, am I forgetting anyone? Let me see. I think I got everyone. If I did forget you, again, I apologize. But thank you so much to everyone who has tuned in thus far. If you are enjoying it, hit that like button. And be sure to share it on socials so other people can check it out as well. Without any further ado, we are going to jump into 20 questions. Now, for everyone listening in the chat, here is the way 20 questions work. I have a game in mind. And guests, Triple Combo Gaming and Uso Vinny are going to have to guess. They can ask me yes or no questions. They have 19 questions. The 20th question has to be the, the, the game, basically. So they have 19 questions to narrow it down. And they can use private chat to communicate back and forth if they have to, so that they're on the same page. And of course, if they guess it before, on or before the 20th question, the XPN Winning streak continues. However, if they don't guess it, our winning streak is over. Triple Uso, do you, do you guys have any questions? No, let's get it. No. Although, now right. I think about it, it's like, yeah, it's not my winning streak, so I could just plan it for purpose, right? <laughs> no, right, <no>. right. <laughs> oh, man. All right, yeah. so um, proceed whenever you guys are ready. Like I said, I have a game in mind. Um, just ask me yes or no questions, and we'll work our way to uh, towards what the game is. Uh, did it come out on the now current gen consoles or like launch? I guess it's or anything like that. Did it come out on the current generation consoles? Yes, launch. No, specify. No, no. Hmm. Is, is it did it come out between 1985 to 1990? Is it a first-person shooter? No. That's three. Is it a, is it an exclusive to any sort of console? Um, no, it is not an exclusive to any sort of console. Now, keep in mind, it might have had a short period of timed release, but it's not an exclusive. It's not an exclusive title. Timed release, okay. I, I believe it might have, but it it's not an exclusive game. It is a multi-platform game. You said no to first-person shooter. Is it? Hmm. It's not a first-person shooter. Yeah, I was just uh, repeating that one. Uh, is it an RPG? No. 
Oh, okay. I think that's five, right? That's five? Yeah. I'm yeah. Keep it tally. Um, did it come out during the 360 PS3 generation? Yes. Okay, there we go. 360 PS3 oh yeah obviously you guys can't use google or your phones or anything you got to use There's your gaming knowledge gotcha oh yep. okay so 360 ps3 not a first person shooter not a RPG. third person action game <clears throat> yeah yes third person action third person action is it a it's triple already asked if it's a shooter right yeah it's yeah it's not a first person shooter is it a third person shooter well he asked if it's a third person action game now i will give you this freebie so uso you can just hold on to it for a second it has shooting in it it's third person action though third person action but it does have shooting in it does have shooting and chat, you can help them out. Don't just put the list of games. Just tell them questions that they could ask. <laughs> because we yes. had that in chats previously. They said, hey, it's this game. And I'm like, they can't say that because then if it's not that game, they lose. Yeah. So, we got yeah. narrowed down to it pretty much. Yep. Yep. So uh, was that considered a question or are we still on eight? Uh, that one's seven. I, I didn't hold that one against Uso. Okay. So we're question. Uh, you got anything else, Uso? Another question? I was gonna say, is it made by a Japanese company? No, that's eight. Uh, is it made by a company with star in their name? Yes. Oh. <laughs> so, do you have an idea, Triple? Uh, we can keep uh, asking. Um. Just keep it. Is it again? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a movie. Right, right. There are some games that are movies anymore, so you know. Not back then, though. Not back Star. then. What develop? What developers had a or what companies had Star in their name? I mean, Rockstar is all. Oh, Rockstar. I mean, I don't know, we wanted to narrow it down. So we only had ten questions left, I believe. Or this would be number ten if you have a question. Um, I got that's that's not good. Uh, because that's that can still be a lot. Is there is it is it the third entry of a series? No, okay. Is there a multiplayer? Yes, okay. I believe that's 10, correct. Uh, that would be 11. 11. Yeah. 11. Yeah. See, I was uh, going to give you guys a free one. All right, so 11, that works. <laughs> I should say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a title. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Uh, yep. uh, I'm just going to flat out, is it made by Rockstar? Yes. Okay. There it is down. It's either GTA 4 or GTA 5. I mean, there's still Red Dead Redemption as well. That oh, wasn't the yeah. only Rockstar game they made during that generation. Yeah. Okay. And these aren't me saying anything. This is just me going back and forth with Uso. So off the top of my head, at least when it comes to Rockstar, we got GTA, Red Dead Redemption. It was a timed uh, exclusive. It was a 
it, it, I, I don't I don't know if it was official. It might have been. Um, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he. I don't uh, that was number four. Not a platform may have. Been I, I didn't. I didn't. To Red, Red Dead full disclosure. Well, full disclosure. Um, I didn't have a PS3 or an Xbox 360 um, mm-hmm. for like the first three or four years when it when they first launched. So, you know, I don't remember back in those days. I had a PS2 back then. So, but I, I did want to say that it's not an exclusive title. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know about any exclusive marketing rights or any of that stuff. I'm not talking about any of that. It's not an exclusive title. So it's made by Rockstar. It's a multiplayer title. I'm pretty sure it had a I'm pretty sure Red Dead actually still bounce around. <laughs> Does it take place in the EO Cowboy era? I don't know what time zone it would be, but I mean technically there are still cowboys today, so I mean <laughs> well, I mean, how do you want to? How do you want to ask that though? Uh, I don't know. Did it, uh, did right that take place in the eighteen hundreds or uh, late nineteen? Nah, yeah, but it, I don't think Red Dead had a had a multiplayer. It was just single player game. It, Red Dead did have a multiplayer. Yeah, though. I'm pretty sure it, there were several did. games that had multiplayer. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure Red Dead did have multiplayer. Oh shoot. So, uh, yeah, I I'm terrible with my history, so I can't even think of time. Who made? I'm pretty sure Rockstar was good. Pretty sure they made good. Could be wrong. Was was it strictly an old western game? No. No. Okay. So not not right that I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably gonna waste one of our questions but i just have to ask it does the protagonist have a cousin that likes to go bowling yes oh okay. <laughs> we got it we got it <laughs> right is it gta 4 yes Let's grand theft auto 4 yes launched for ps3 xbox 360 and microsoft windows in 2008 april 29th 2008 the reason why i said i wasn't sure if it was an exclusive title is because um i remember someone saying exclusive dlc exclusive dlc yeah yeah i was kind of xbox uh, right yeah Yeah, it was um, yeah exclusive to xbox so but i couldn't say for sure because like I said, I didn't own the console back then. So I was like, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold that against the question. I'll just say it's a multi-platform. It's a leap from you know was it was it the ballad of Gay Tony? I'm pretty sure all the DLC were exclusive for a uh, set amount of time. Because okay. it was a yeah. Sons of Liberty. So I'm, I don't get that. I don't know why he's saying Sons of Liberty. I'm sure that wasn't right. But yeah, Ballad of Gay Tony and something else was exclusive. So The Lost and Damned. Lost and Damned, there we go. That yeah, that like, was the biker wars DLC. Yep. Yeah. Outstanding. The XPN winning streak continues. Thank you so much, Uso and Triple, for helping us maintain our winning streak. We greatly appreciate it. Let's go. Nice. Yeah, I, nice, still nice to, to... I still need to beat GTA 4. I, it was another one of those games I put more time into and never beat it. <laughs> oh, my you know God. what's crazy? I've never played it in my life. It's, it is, you know what, graphically, it is a little rough and the driving takes getting used to, but it's, it's a great game. The storyline is, a lo- I mean, it's, it's a great storyline. It is a lot of fun. It's not on the same level from a gameplay standpoint that Grand Theft Auto V is, but mm-hmm. it is still a lot of fun. It's one of my top 10 of all time. So, you know, full disclosure, but I wanted to put a title up there that wasn't obscure that you guys would be able to figure out. That wasn't something that like 20 people bought and, you know, 
<laughs> like um, one of one of our other podcasts, we had um, a f- what was that? The fighting Star Wars game, and I had no idea what it the was. Fighting Fort- Star Wars game, yeah, like Masters of Terracasi or something like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, Jesus, I, yeah, I, I, I love that. that. <laughs> yeah, it's like I saw it. I saw it in a gaming magazine or online one time out of my entire life. I'd never played it, so when I learned that's what the game was, I was like, oh, I'm glad our guests knew because I had no. No idea. I actually, I actually saw a YouTube video about that one. It was the worst fighting game of all time. <laughs> yeah. See, there you That's go. So I mean, it has the infamous stuff surrounding it, but outside of that, you know, people, it's harder for people to figure out titles like that. So I wanted the title that you know people have played before. So yeah. You know, once we start to get like way past the, I mean, even the 360 generation, I'm just like, yeah, I probably wouldn't know a lot of games beyond that unless they're yeah. like really popular right. games. So. You should do yeah. one of the like Xbox arcade games. Those. Oh my God! Don't don't. If, really if Ash is watching right now, you're probably giving him ideas for one of the future podcasts, <laughs> and we'll never guess it. We'll never guess it. Oh. The only one I can remember is, was that Dorito Crash Course. Dorito Crash Course. I think, right, right. Yeah, I, think I played that before. One. There's the oh. R type. Oh man, there's so many. All those yeah, weird man. games. Yep. Yep. So Definitely. I, <laughs> I may or may not be downloading Grand Theft Auto 4 right now. <laughs> it's a good game. It's definitely worth playing. Like I said, Uso, you could check it out. Um, also, the two DLCs, the Battle of the Gay Tony and the Lost and Damned, they do play a little different from each other. You know, just because like the Lost and Damned is more centered around a motorcycle gang. So, mm-hmm. but just just kind of going with an open mind, and I think you'll have fun with them. Gotcha. Yeah. Now this is probably more a trio. Didn't the main pro tag of the Bikers DLC die in five by Trevor. Yes, he got killed That's by wild. Trevor within like <laughs> no, the first three minutes. Crazy. Yeah, was, yeah. Uso, you like, played Grand Theft Auto Five. I, I didn't even know that. Yeah, the that, dude, he stomped out. The, the, the bold yeah. guy Johnny that he stomped. That's the protagonist for the uh, Lost That's and Damned DLC. They, yeah. Did they hate him or something just to kill him? No, off like well, because because but... he had problems and basically what happened is the Ashley girl was always getting him in trouble and kind of uh, she was the one that kind of got him in trouble and. You know, wasn't allowing him to have a good life kind of thing. And he kept going back to her. He should have left her, but he never did. So her being the end of him kind of makes sense, you know. Um, Also, a little bit of fun fact, the character from Grand Theft Auto 4, Nico Bellic, was actually, they actually wanted him to be the heist member in Grand Theft Auto 5. But because the voice actor for Nico Bellic had a falling out with Rockstar Games and they were never able to really settle it, they had to go with Patrick McCreary instead. Uh, so that's why Patrick McCreary was a heist member in Grand Theft Auto V, because they wanted it to be Nico Bellic, but they couldn't make it work, unfortunately. So that'd be wild. He actually did show back up. So yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe in the future, hopefully, fingers crossed. But you know, anyway, um, that's it for the XBL Party podcast. Thank you so much, Triple and Uso, for being my guest for this podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Um, Uso, I'll come to you first. Do you want to tell our viewers and listeners where they can find you on social media and on your podcast? Oh, I don't know if you guys want to find me on social media. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? No, you can look me up at, at Hawaiian Guy 808. I think it's right below my uh, StreamYard title. Yeah. Um, same same ad on Twitter, or you could just look up with Savini and you'll find me. Um, right now, we actually might not have a podcast. We're actually probably moving straight to just uh, gaming media. So, okay. if you want to check us out, go to Talk Story Game uh, Talk Story Media. 
we're rebranding at the moment so there's a lot of things happening but um you know we're we're uh doing our best to cover gaming news just like these folks at xpn you know nice nice so follow him on twitter for all those changes coming up so you guys can keep an eye on it uh triple combo gaming do you want to tell our viewers and listeners where they can find you on social media and on your podcast yeah so uh twitter uh youtube i was gonna say twitch but i have a stream on twitch and so long but triple combo gaming uh i'm part of the doom slayers den podcast which is on the doom sayers network uh, as I said, my YouTube channel is Triple Combo Gaming. Still, um, I'm in the process of figuring out what type of content I want to focus on. So it's a sporadic uploads here and there, but that's where you can find me. Nice, nice. As for myself, obviously, I'm a, I am on the XPL Party Podcast. It's every Thursday, 2 p.m. Central Time. I'm also on the PSN Party Podcast. That's on Tuesdays at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. If you're overseas in the UK, that's going to be 8.30 your time. Um, I know BMG, Boldman Gamer, who is a regular on our channel. He is one of our panel members, and he is actually the the more more than half the time he's the host of the PSN Party Podcast. He has a Destiny podcast. It's on Sundays, but it's not every Sundays. It's dependent on when they come out with content. So just follow XPN Network, obviously on Twitter, and that's where they will say, hey, you know what? This is when the Destiny podcast is happening. As for myself, SSG Sentinel, as you see it below my name, Sergeant Sentinel says at SSG Sentinel, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, it's all the same. Um, on YouTube, obviously, I have a gaming focused YouTube channel. It's all about game reviews, game news. Sometimes I do live streams. You can definitely check it out there. Follow me on Twitter. Sometimes I tweet a little too much, but it happens. It's all good. And um, like I said, I am on the XBL and PSN Party Podcast. Check me out there. Last but not least, I do have a novel for those of you that like action novels, thrillers. It's on Amazon, The Hunt for Jenks Fargo. You can check it out on my link tree on Twitter at SSG Sentinel. So definitely do that. One last thing. I do want to thank everybody that did show up. In the chat, Muppet, Back from the Dead, Masuko, Thimber, Raul, UK Dazarus, Thimber. If I am forgetting anybody, I apologize. Not It's not intentional. But thank you so much for checking it out. If you enjoyed it, hit that like button. Be sure to share it on social media so that other people can check it out as well. This is SSG, a.k.a. Sergeant Sentinel. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast today, and we will see you guys next time. Later, guys.